On one hand, listener, basically too long didn't listen. Uh, my life is simultaneously <laughs> the best it's ever been, and I'm the happiest that I've ever been, but it's also ruined. <laughs> I am a ruined person. <laughs> oh my God, just like Linnet. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Sabrina Bradley. And this is Heaving Bosoms. This is the podcast where best friends recap romance novels and other kissing media that makes us swoon, snark, and refills our cups. Whether you've read the book or are coming in blind, we'll lay bare every delicious scene and revel in the tropes and subgenres that make romance amazing. All right, listener, strap in and strap on. Headphones are highly recommended. Sabrina. Yee! Hello. Why do you have a weird look on your face? Explain face, please. Melody, I don't know if I can keep doing podcast. You want to know why? <laughs> what? Why? <gasps> All right. I'll tell you why. Okay. It's okay. because when I was listener. Yeah. I know I told you about this, how I went through a phase where like I read along with y'all. Yeah. And I fell out of that because I'm a mood reader. Right. Sure. When I was not reading along with y'all. Yeah. Y'all would read something amazing and yes. love it to fucking pieces. Yeah. But if I did not read book, I did not feel impulse to <gasps> read every fucking thing that author had ever written. Uh-oh, Sabrina in trouble. Now, now, yeah. my TBR, which was already fucking out of control. No, now it's fucked. As you well know, Melody, yeah, I can't just pop in on the second book in a fucking series. No, so you read the first one already, right? So I have binge read the first book, the uh -huh. first one and a half novella, and now the second <laughs> book, and I've already gotten the next three books from the library because I was terrified somebody else would come take them before me and I'd be stuck on hold. Um, listener, I just, I just need listener to understand where I'm coming from into this conversation, okay? Melody, how the fuck are we supposed to do an episode on this book and not quote the whole fucking thing? <laughs> I'm two chapters in and horrified at how many highlights I have! <laughs> it's just so funny! And, like, oh. witty! And smart! And... Damn it! <laughs> Those are the voice notes I have gotten recently. Yeah. <laughs> I had to stop voice noting you mm -hmm. because i was like we have to save this for pod but unfortunately for melody uh she's getting the news that this is our last episode, last episode. <laughs> so sabrina doesn't have, have time to read any of the books on the next reading list uh because she is gonna be in an eloisa james rabbit hole and I've, i can't believe i've never read eloisa james before mm -hmm. this is also my first oh my god yeah. goddess goddess it's a problem because do you know that this bitch has a back catalog? She has a back catalog that will break your back. 
I know. In so many different ways. I just realized that works. <laughs> I, <laughs> Melody, like this book broke me. Like, so like, it's just such a problem because like now I have Kayla Rain and Meg yeah. Ann. Yep. That I'm working my way through all of their stuff. Yep. Now I have Eloisa James. I'm working my way through all of. Yeah. And like, I can't even think of other authors off the top of my head because no, when I tell you them. that the only thing I can think about right now is Eloisa <laughs> James. <laughs> and I will have you know, listener, that before we started this book, she was like, oh, I'm a little worried. I'm really not in the mood for historical. Turns out Fuck. you live there now. You've gotten the way, no, way back machine. The problem is like if something really gets me, then like that's how the mood switches. You I know, like you. something sounds good and then the mood and then now the mood. I still I have orcs to read i have paranormal to read i have so many things that like we kind of have a break on reading for yeah. the next couple of weeks and so i was like look at all of these things i, mean, I get around jokes on fucking you sabrina <laughs> yeah, no jokes fucking on you jokes on you it's just sleep isn't for you huh no more sleep for sabrina sleep has to be for sabrina <laughs> i hear you <laughs> sabrina does not function without sleep yeah same but anyway, yeah, so it was really nice having a podcast with you. Um, that was a fun rebrand. And um, I really it's hope that we, now. yeah, we stay friends. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've ditched you for Eloisa James, my wow. new true love. Wow. Christ. I really thought I meant a tiny bit more to you than that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but Eloisa James means more than a lot she's, of things in my life right now. She's your heart. <laughs> she did. Like, and you don't even understand because, like, the first book and a half, like, oh yeah, my are god, you gonna, Melody. Are you going to tell me about that for Patreon? I can. Okay, I would like I that. Can. I can. It's going to be, I did not take any notes because I fucking drank that shit like a no. man who's been in the desert no, because his be horse with episode. no name abandoned him. <gasps> I love like, that Like, I'm song. lost in the desert. Yeah, I no, I hear I that. that song. I hear that. No, yeah, but absolutely. it can be a Because by the time... Because guess what? By the time, by the mm. time we get around to fucking recording that episode, I'll have finished the fucking series. I'm sure of so, it. So, like, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> the terror that I am currently seeing in Sabrina's eyes right I now. May have read, I may have read two <laughs> Eloisa James's series by the time we record. <laughs> And then it's just going to be chaos. I'm going to be like, I don't know what happened. I'm going to be looking at synopses. And Look, just... man, as long as you have time for Crescent City and Iron Flame, you're going to be so fucking lost. <laughs> I don't know. Turns out my library has a metric fuck ton of her audiobooks. So, yeah, I might not be super lost because it was a fun read. And it also oh like murdered me to death. How the fuck? All I could think, we, I got 15% in this book and I went, how the f We have. We we have done this to ourselves where now we actually put out like this episode comes out this day kind of shit, which yeah, yeah, means yeah. that like two parters don't fucking exist anymore. Yeah. That was your idea. I'll have you know. I know. And how are the I'm just putting it on the record. Yeah, because like <laughs> listener likes to read along sometimes. I was that listener. I hear you. But like, how are we gonna do this is good. What's going to happen is we're going to have to fucking... What's that other book? I don't even remember other book names anymore. Um, <laughs> the Dragon Book. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing. Yeah. We're going to end up having... The Squeep episode is going to be because you and I are about to fucking blow through this bitch like our pants are on fire. Yes. And then our Squeep episode 
is going to be me telling you about books, but it's also going to be you and me talking about all the shit that we missed out on. Oh, the episode is going to be Sabrina and I reading you the rest of the book. <laughs> the amount of fucking highlights is unholy. Yeah. Unholy. After I got that voice note from you, I was like, okay, so I can't take notes because I need to be the person that accidentally motors past whatever Sabrina is going to say. Otherwise, she's going to read every highlight. <laughs> oh, my God. Did it. you not take notes? <laughs> no, I didn't because of this. <laughs> you want to know something chaotic? Yes. OK, so this is another thing. This is actually another tangent, but get ready. OK, so I got a new phone today. right? <gasps> yeah. So get ready for what kind of phone I got. Oh, shit. Yo, bitch has a flip phone again. Whoa, but it's a smart one. Yes, but the reason I'm excited about it is because it's like a solid inch taller than my old phone, which means my life is about to be changed. My notes are going to actually make sense, and it's not going to be just um, 265 highlights, some of which are literally... Pages. Like, pages of, like, I had to stop. Okay, so let's just fucking jump in. Let's go. Anyway, on one hand, listener, basically too long didn't listen. Uh, My life is simultaneously (laughs) the best it's ever been, and I'm the happiest that I've ever been, but it's also ruined. (laughs) I am a ruined person. (laughs) Oh, my God, just like Linnet. Yeah. Linnet's ruined, y'all. I didn't even have a dock for my fr- light frigate to dock in. Your light frigate didn't dock a single place. I know. What is that about? Oh, my God. The amount of times. Okay. One of my favorite things that this book did in general. So we've got Linnet. She's young. She's ruined. But we've yeah. also got, oh, golly. What's his name? Piers. Piers. Thank you. Jesus. So... One of my favorite things is before they meet each other, we get some of their perspectives because they're like super far apart. And we get that Piers has this butler who is just proofric. Yeah, he's a little sassy and he doesn't mm-hmm. act like a normal butler, but because he's a spy, because he's a spy for his dad. Not that that was ever confirmed. It totally was. It was by he, he himself. So in one of the very first scenes we get of the uh, the hero, he says, my butler isn't like a butler at all. And I know he's a spy, but I like his sassy personality so much that even with those two things, I refuse to fire him. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. in her scene, she's having a scene with like her governess or, you know, her her chaperone or whatever, where the chaperone's like, you don't know her how to companion. be a lady. Mm -hmm. her companion and and her making like boat in dock jokes it's so good they're highlighted oh yeah no i know okay so lynn has been fucking ruined it's her first season y'all and those titties are just too tittying to be contained god uh they're just everywhere in the best ways and she has caught the eye of a prince okay And everybody knows it. Everybody has seen this Bonnie Prince following her around like a puppy for two whole months. And then one day she wore a dress with she basically had like a Kelly Clarkson moment where like she's just wearing a shirt that billows a bit. And all of the tabloids are like, is she pregnant? Well, yeah. And she also vomited in a plant last week because of a bad prawn. And everyone's like, oh. 
well, she's in the family way. I'm sorry, what was it? Ash, on, 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 can't. Uh, never mind, I'm not even gonna fucking pretend I, that pregnant I can speak French. Is what, because I'm not yep. a lady. <laughs> her dad's like oh don't well, say this... anything so ugh. and like the prince was such a dick about it so like to be clear this is how the book opens and it's basically her being like well shit uh okay the prince fucked me over because he did not tell like he was like sorry i can't marry you because apparently he apparently he's been married before and then left her and divorced no, his dad her forced the dad forced yes. him. So he's like, I can't even bring up the idea of marrying you because I know that uh-huh. my dad will say no. But people have already seen them kissing. And now yep. this dress makes her look four or five months pregnant. And so mm-hmm. the the entire ballroom, he's like, I'm so sorry, I can't marry you. Goodbye, darling. And walks out of the ballroom. And then the entire ballroom turns their backs. She says, an entire ballroom gave me a cut direct. Yeah, they all <laughs> turn their nose up. I'm not sure that's ever happened before. It's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did find my light frigate comment yes. or quote, and it's a, this is the companion talking to her. A light frigate! A light woman! <laughs> Isn't a frigate a boat? <laughs> exactly! The type that docks in many harbors. <laughs> And then poor heroine, uh-huh. Lynette, later, a couple of paragraphs later, mm-hmm. because I could literally only go a couple of paragraphs without highlighting something. It's a problem. Fair. She was like, even a very young light frigate should have the chance to dock at one's harbor before she's scuppered. That's right. She's and a the, ruined virgin. And the lady's like, are you making boat jokes? <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. it's a very funny boat joke. What do you want from me? <laughs> so Listen. Her dad and her aunt decide that the only way to fix this is to try to get her married to a duke's son who is impotent, but the duke needs an heir. And so Mm -hmm. there is one of those around. Meanwhile, this scene is incredible because they keep on going back and forth between whether she is pregnant or whether she isn't pregnant, Mm -hmm. depending on like where, you know, the trajectory of their argument is going. Mm -hmm. And... One of the biggest reasons that she's been shunned so hard is because of her family history with her mother. Yeah, because her mother was a hell of a light frigate. She was the lightest frigate that has ever frigged. And she frigged a lot. Okay. She was docking in some ports. (laughs) She all over the place. And apparently all of the women in their family are notoriously beautiful. And they've got this family smile. Things I don't understand, but they're just like hot from across the room or whatever. So with her mom and her dad, her dad knew that she was cheating on him all the time, but he just loved her so much that he kind of looked past it. Mm -hmm. And she ended up dying while on her way to an assignation in a carriage while it was raining and it's yeah. really sad. We've had a lot of death by carriages in the rain in the last couple of months. I mean, I figure it was pretty dangerous, <laughs> like on a good day. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> on a good day. Yeah, you're not wrong. Anyway, everybody's like, okay, we're going to go set this up, and then you've got 12 hours to get pregnant. So <laughs> go fuck that prince. So she doesn't. She gets in the carriage and tells the footman to just like let her take a nap and trolley around the... Yeah. City, essentially. Trolley around the park. And so, and this was interesting to me. I don't know how you feel about this. When she was saying that one of the reasons she was flirting with the prince so much 
is because she actually has very little interest in men in general and very little interest in physical if this contact. This is not unspoken demisexuality. Yeah. Oh, yes. I will swallow my tongue. Agreed. No, agreed. I will I will light and myself on fire. Them. She likes them sharp. Yes. And crass. Yes. And witty. And and a teensy bit rugged. Completely unsympathetic. Absolutely. And now we're going to go meet the uh, Earl. The Who son is of the all dude. of those things, it turns out. What? He, okay, so I've never even seen this show. I've not even seen a single episode of the show in my life. But did this Earl not remind you of House? Okay, I'm so glad. I Eloisa James made it very, very clear. And that's immediately who I thought of when we met this oh, guy. Yeah. Within and then a page. in the historical note, Eloisa James oh, is like I haven't read I haven't read the historical so, note yet because I literally finished and got on pod. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Full no, of piss so and vinegar right now. She is. I love it. I love it. No, so yeah, Eloisa James modeled him completely after house awesome well yep. this fucking earl is sexy as shit and like sexy from the get like he's such a dick and i ah. love him so oh my god okay so we meet the duke in his point of view or like it's not really like in point of view it's third person all the way through but it is still like from their the perspective it's it yeah but like, i'm just saying like throughout the book so it's not like yeah Pierce it is their point is of view, name. but it's also not exactly. Right. You know what I mean? You've all read a fucking historical in third person. <laughs> so, well, maybe not all of you, but you should. You should read this one. Think about reading this one, y'all. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. So anyway, so we show up in his, he's essentially he's a doctor, right? He's a physician. And but we what he really is, is a postmortem dissector. Um, yeah, he's a diagnostician. And yeah. an anatomical dissector. Uh -huh. And a lot of times, like, he realizes that there's not much he can do. He can only find out what's wrong with the patient after they're dead. So, uh -huh. you know, it's so, and he So he works with his cousin, Sebastian, who is an actual surgeon. <laughs> and, and can, like, work foil. on them when he's alive, when they're alive. Yeah, so Piers is, like, dark and broad and, you know, grrr. And Sebastian is, like... He's blonde and he's a bit more willowy and he's very affable. Literally, the minute it was being described as this is the, this is my fiance, this is my fiance. I was like, nope, no, honey, that's definitely not, not your fucking it's fiance. The best. I love that <laughs> because I, I love that when they're like, oh, this is my fiance. He's so hot. Look at how you know wonderful he is and how social and blah blah blah. And then she's like, and then some blowhard interrupts to be like you're all stupid and she's like who is that awful man that's mm -hmm. your fiance love that's him yep yeah it's just delightful so she we, we've skipped a little bit of stuff but we don't have a choice so moving we don't along. have a choice so, so she they meet and she has tied a pillow around her middle to pretend that she's pregnant because she's like i'll give it two weeks mm -hmm. until i tell him and then immediately they're walking away and he's like you're not pregnant. I already know that. Like, yeah. What's this about? We then? already know that. By the way, they have already acknowledged that each other is a sexy person. Like, yeah. immediately. Like, yes. she's like, why am I so intrigued by this man? Hmm. Interessante. And he thinks she's a sexy woman as in somebody he would never be attracted to. Uh-huh. He's like, I... I'm not attracted to any of that. I don't understand. And it's not until she starts giving him shit and showing her wit and, you know, all mm -hmm. of, and her backbone that he's like, oh, mm -hmm. uh-oh, I might be in trouble. 
<laughs> so they're meandering. One of my favorite things is she's like, oh. well, he's like, clearly you're not pregnant. And she's like, okay, you're right. I'm not. And he's like, so how are we supposed to like, what, you're going to marry me? And then like lose the baby or like right. something like that. And she's like, don't fret. I'm sure I can solve our little problem once we're married. Wales is likely full of strapping lads ready to do their <laughs> Lord a favor. <laughs> <laughs> And then he keeps on walking in front of her. Oh, yeah. And it's so great because she says, she asks him if he thinks something's boring. I don't remember what it was. But then he goes, no, why do you ask? And she's like, well, I think that shoulders are boring. So, like, maybe slow Always. the down. She asked if oh, corridors oh, were boring. Are corridors boring to you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and the best part, one of the best part is she's been holding out on smiling at him, but then she gives her, best. gives him the patented, like, sensual smile. And yeah. he's like, is that the best that you've got? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, kinda. Yeah, it works on literally everyone. Not yeah. this guy. And nope, so he's like, not I'm not all. marrying you. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, it seems like we don't really suit, do we? Like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, you know. All right. We'll, I guess we can tomorrow. table it for now, she says, basically. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is also when we find out that he goes swimming daily in a cold fucking ocean pool. But he does it every day because he isn't limited by, I mean, it's the reason that water therapy hurts for people, right? So, like, he has, oh. a, ba- he has a bad leg. Yeah, I just realized we didn't tell them the pivotal thing about him. Yeah. That he has a big injury. (laughs) Yeah, and he's had it since he was, we learned that he got it when he was six years old. And actually, we're just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and give you this information right now because we do not have the time to get on this as it happens. So he was injured by his father because his father was a laudanum addict. Or an opium addict, same yeah. same difference. And so when he was in a opium daze, he threw his son into a fireplace that was not lit, but it fucked up. But it had a big pokey thing forever. in it. I'll tell you that much. And so he and his mom left for good. Like he has not seen his father in twenty six years, and he's thirty two now. Like he has not seen his father since then. And this yeah. is his father kind of trying to like sneak his way or not sneak mend fences but have a reason to be there so his mom and he left primarily to go find doctors that could help him because they didn't want what his injury actually is like an atrophied quadricep muscle Mm -hmm. so he experienced muscle death right there but it's like chronic pain for the rest of his life he walks Mm -hmm. with a cane And he has told his dad that the injury also made him impotent. And so she's going to this marriage being like, this is great. I hate it when men put their tongues in my mouth. So Mm -hmm. a husband who can't do it sounds incredible. I spent the the first, I don't know, 40% of this book being like, why is everyone so phallocentric other than the fact that it's historical times? But... It ends up being fine. Anyway, while he and his mom were gone, his dad got super, super vindictive and spread rumors all over England being like, my wife ran away with a gardener. She's a trollop. She's the biggest harlot that's ever happened. And so this because is the reason that I'm going to divorce. Because that's what you to do in those days to get divorced. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's all it's all bad. Yeah, anyway, it's go ahead. bad. And then we also, at one point, this just, I'm bringing it up now because I thought 
think it's adorable. We meet the three students who are not students. Piers is very determined that they're not medical students, but also like they're totally medical students. But she starts calling them the ducklings because they follow Piers around like he's a little god. Yeah. Well, then, okay, so I read this in audio. And so I need you to tell me what their actual names are, because I heard that two of them were Kibbles and Bits. Yep. Okay. What was the Mm -hmm. other one, though? Penders. Penders. Yep. Yeah. All right. It made me laugh every time. He's also already registered that he does like he's starting to get a little bit jealous. So like because she does the smile at Sebastian, his cousin. She does the smile at the like all of these the ducklings. That's just what we're going to refer to them as. Yeah. And all of them are melting. Oh, they're falling over themselves. Immediately melting. Yeah. Like the only reason they don't fall all the way over is because their boners are holding them up. Like, it's real weird over there, you know? (laughs) And Sebastian is like, don't don't worry about my cousin. I will marry you right now. And he's, like, making no qualms. He's like, let's go. We find out, like, we already know that she she fucking hates that. She really likes that Piers is a fucking asshole. Yeah. He does not take any of her shit. Like, like, y'all, listener, I, I just... I need you to read this book because like I have literally already passed by so many fucking highlights yeah. of like their witty banter back and forth. There like, is so good. It's so good because she takes no shit and he gives all of the shit. And he loves that she doesn't oh take his shit because all of his staff are terrified of him except the butler. And that's the only reason he doesn't fire the butler. Remember? Mm hmm. Like, oh, it's so good. Well, and he's already been told multiple times from the butler. Prefer's like, you are not allowed to scare off anybody else because we can't get keep getting people to get hired here, dude. Yeah, like, like there's a limited amount of scullery maids in Wales, you fuck. Unshocking because they got the new footman, Nathan, and immediately before <laughs> anything else, fucking Piers has a whole conversation about how the history of Nathan's name comes from somebody who had their Saint head chopped Nathan. off, but could still, yeah, but who could still walk around. And he's like, well, I guess I could just, you know, like if you did get sick, chop you up and you could just still walk home and get buried there. We don't need a cemetery after all. And Nathan's uh-huh. just like, uh. Yeah, Nathan's like, I just got here. <laughs> well, so while they're walking, Walking around, he tells her about this pool, and it's like literally cut out of the rocky cliff. And so the high tide brings in water, and then at low tide, it also like it it all goes out, and the pool empties. So he's like, "You can come swimming with me," and she goes, "Oh, ladies don't swim." And he's like, "Well, you're ruined, so it really doesn't matter now, does it?" And she's like. Actually, that's a really good point. I'm fucking ruined. Like this she realizes opens up the freedom this in being does. a ruined woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the next morning, he wakes her up at the ass crack of dawn and is like, <laughs> "Get dressed, we're going swimming." And she's like, "Wait, I don't I don't understand. This does not compute." What, Sabrina? I just keep talking. I'm looking at a line that I have to read out loud, but keep talking. Read it. Read it. Read it. Okay. Actually, (laughs) this is sort of fun. And he's like, what, having a man in your bedchamber with your reputation? I thought that would be second nature. And she said, your reputation led me to think you'd be witty. So we're both surprised. (laughs) God, I love them. Like, (sighs) they're so good. And so the other reason that I feel like she, she says this, right? She's like, 
I think one of the only reasons I'm truly comfortable enough to be myself with him is because I know that he's, she calls him incapable. And so (laughs) she knows that he's not going to just like pounce on her the moment she stops talking. Knowing that he wasn't about to try to kiss her or throw himself on his knees or worst of all, lose control and launch into a kind of wrestling match needed a pleasure to be with him. (laughs) By the way, if like y'all are going to understand this the more we talk about this book, but... She does not know shit about sex. She doesn't know shit about the opposite gender. She doesn't know shit about herself, really. Like, And, like, this is, this is a travesty to me because, on the one hand, her mother, when she was very young, she caught her mom in, you know, a moment of in flagrante delecto or whatever with a Frenchman. And so her mom was like, sweetie, you'll understand when you're older because he's very good looking, but he's also hung like a horse. And she's like, mom, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, never mind, never mind. Go go ahead, sweetie. And so then her mom dies before she can really explain what the fuck hung like a horse means. And then her aunt, who is also of the hussy side of the family, like apparently didn't have time to be like, I know you're about to go out into the ton. Like, let me tell you anything. Yeah. It's so fucked. Anyway, so. Oh, boy. While they're there. They go swimming. Yeah. So he's like, she's like, what are we going to swim in? And he's like, well, you can stay in, you know, your chemise or whatever if you want, but I normally swim naked. And she's like, well, you can't, you have to have something on too. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll leave my small clothes on then. Mm -hmm. And then, so she gets into her chemise, she's standing on the rock and like, he's still taking off his boots or whatever. And she's like, so I just jump in? He's like, well, you don't know how to swim, but, and she's just like, first though, she is admiring him. Oh Yeah. Like, so he has his back to her and he's like getting undressed and and her stupidly, a high little voice in her head had started narrating the whole yeah. scene. He's bending down. Yes. He's going to pull off his breeches. He's pulling them over his hips. Mm, his his buttocks are the voice seemed to be somewhat strangled. Different, different, different from mine. Different from muscled mine. too. It the voice choked again. Is he going to turn around? And he's like are you enjoying the show? Because he notices that she's staring at well, him. Well, but also he's like, oh shit, I, I told shit, you I'd leave I'm my small my clothes small on. Clothes. So like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna pull them back up. Oh my God, this poor thing. So she jumps in, but she doesn't know how to swim. So he immediately jumps in right after her and saves her. He's already told her how cold the water's going to be, but she's like, pish posh, except it's like polar jump. Frigid. Yeah. It's like one of those polar boys. And so she octopuses. Yes, he grabs her into him and she just, yeah, gloms on, will not let go. And he keeps on being like, you have to let go. And she's like, no, I really don't think I do. I really don't think so. (laughs) So that's all that she does that day. And so then he like pops her out of the pool and then he starts doing laps, right? Well, when he gets out, she's taken all of the towels. This is a continuing theme throughout the book. And he loves it. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. And he like, she like, I just can't. So, like, he gets out of the pool and he's erect. Wait, this is my favorite part because it never actually says that. It's from her perspective. And I kept on being like, yes, does that mean what I think it means for a good 30 percent? Absolutely does. Because because of this hung like a horse thing, she giggles as he's walking out of the water. And he's like, what what are you giggling at? And she's like, well, uh, this is so funny. My mom said something and you don't hang, do 
you? <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you don't hang. You really just like stand. You just jut out, don't you? And, and then he's of like, he starts laughing. Uh, and then they just start talking about other things. And so I'm like, what are we talking uh-huh. about? Incapable. That sounds fairly capable. I was really uh-huh. excited to have a demisexual heroine and a hero with like a penis that couldn't get hard and like mm-hmm. to see what that would be and how that would go and you know what i mean so oh, I, it could it would have been delightful but also like i'm not mad no i wasn't mad about it but i was like <laughs> is this premise I not know, the premise the, you know yeah so anyway oh well, man and because <laughs> and this is why i was like this book can't be so phallocentric and he can't be so phallocentric if he doesn't get erect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's already told her it's more than just the incapability, as she puts it. He just will not marry her, and he never saw himself getting married at all. Well, especially not her. Yeah. Because so it's she twofold. was chosen by his father, and yeah. he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. I could never Absolutely marry a woman not. that my father chose. And. He doesn't want to marry at all because he doesn't he his dad is obsessed with like royalty and family lines and all that kind of thing. And so the biggest way to get back at his father is to not have an heir. Mm-hmm. And like that's not very attractive that, to him right now. Not only that, to tell his father that the reason he can't have an heir is because his father caused it with yeah, the because injury. his father injured him in a drugged out attack. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. He yeah. thought he was a demon. Come yeah, on. Yeah, a little child-sized demon. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. fucked up. So after they go swimming for the first time. This is when she goes up to the sick sick room. The West She gets wing. to meet Gavin, <gasps> who's an adorable little boy. And of course, everybody in the sick room is once again fawning over her and thinks she's the most glorious thing in the entire world. Not Nurse Matilda. Oh, yeah. Well, Nurse <laughs> Matilda. Oh, boy. Sorry. Mrs. Havlick. Yeah, whatever because, her name is. Yeah, well, she makes it very clear because she uh-huh. because uh, Lynette calls her Nurse Matilda and Mrs. Havelock's like, it's Mrs. Havelock. Yeah. And it's because my employer. It's funny. Yeah. My employer is incredibly impertinent and I will not have mm-hmm. it. So she realizes that, like, the wings are the saddest most curmudgeoniest, drudgiest places she's ever been in her life. And she's like, how are people supposed to heal here? Especially like a six-year-old boy. He's been stuck in this bed for months and he keeps on being like, well, I died today, do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and on top of that, like, because family's not allowed to visit. Yeah. Half the people are dying. Like, it's a whole fucked up thing. Like, it's just sad. I mean, it's the saddest and and the place just oozes that. And so she takes Gavin outside with Nathan the footman. First, she takes him Nathan's to the pool. Peach. Nathan's the best. Yeah. I really wanted he and Eliza to get together. So um, the her maid. lady's yes. maid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Gavin first looks out at the ocean and he's like, oh, my gosh, it's so big. It's so beautiful. And then she takes him to the stables and they find a dog. Did you say that the reason that Gavin's there, by the way, he's not dying. His leg was broken. And so he's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So as they go to the stable, they find this dog and he's like, please, ma'am. Rufus. May I have this dog Rufus for my dying present? Basically, 
this would make my dying days the best in the whole wide world. And then he comes out and he's like, what the fuck are you doing with my patient? This is not cool. Nurse Matilda is like tearing the place apart looking for this kid. And she's like, that it is it is a mess and a crime that you have kept this kid like cooped up the way that you have. He needs fresh air. He needs to have a little joy in his last days. And then they both get interrupted because they're not looking at him. And Gavin's like, look, he likes me. Uh And Gavin's just standing there holding this dog. And then Uh chapter end. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, she, he looks at her and he's like, well, she he's really had you over because that kid is not dying. He just broke his leg. And like, I've been trying to keep him off it because we set it in a plaster for the first time. Revolutionary medical trick. And I think it's actually working. And she's like, oh, no. OK. All right. OK. So one of my favorite things about this whole thing is that he's always yelling at the other physicians, including his cousin, being like, oh, yeah. oh you're the dumbest. Oh, there's no way that's petechial hemorrhage or whatever. I don't fucking know. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're an <laughs> idiot. And then, like, they have dinner, right? And he hates that Sebastian right. is like, why don't I take your hand and take you to dinner? Yes, essentially. And so at one point, I don't remember exactly what causes this, but for whatever reason, he actually legitimately causes her mental harm. Like, he laughs at her for something, and she is distraught over it. She's like, she thought she'd been humiliated when a whole ballroom turned its back on her. Who would have thought that the humiliation would be even keener when an ass of a doctor laughed in her face? Ooh. And you don't remember why? I don't. But, like, he, like, actually does something that, like, fucks her up, right? And so now that's, like, the low point and really, it's all uphill from here. Like, uh, so the Duchess shows up, his mother. Yeah. And so she gets there and fucking Piers doesn't tell her, his father, that his mom is here. And doesn't tell the mom that if her dad is his brother is there. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yes. So <laughs> the Duke does get downstairs into the drawing room and bends over his uh erstwhile wife's hand and gives it a kiss and fucking pierce the unromantic piece of shit goes god could he look a little less longing he's a positive disgrace to the male sex i think you're going to have to reconcile yourself to marrying me or someone else but definitely not him because and the reason he says that is it's been a running joke that like she could still get a dukedom she would just have to marry the duke (laughs) if she wants a dukedom so badly go marry that guy and she's like, I feel like I might be ruined, but I can still land somebody within 20 years of my age. Come on. Yeah. And then at one point, Pierce says, I can help if he has hemorrhoids regarding his father. <laughs> but I hear marriage is actually the greater of those two evils. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Pierce is so anti-marriage. Like, And it's not just because his dad brought her to him. He's just legitimately like, fuck the entire... What's the word I'm looking establishment? for? Establishment? Yes. <laughs> establishment of marriage. Mm-hmm. His mom oh, loves her. And she's like, it looks like my husband, my former husband, might have done one thing right when she cho- when he chose you. And she's like, mm-hmm. OMG, well, your son's definitely not going to marry me. He said it out loud to my face a lot of times. And the mom is like, oh, who, we who, never know. But mm-hmm. she also starts to torment her former husband by just getting those titties out, 
He says that she squeezes she herself into a dress down. that like should not be on those bazoongas. And oh, it's so good. She's flirting with those young doctors. She's setting up dances. And he gets oh. really mad because he like doesn't he can't dance and he doesn't want to see her dance with Sebastian and like bits one of the doctors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy, dancing when with do they bits. Kiss for the first time. So is coming up. So okay. he wakes her up the next morning. Yeah. Right. And she suddenly has the realization that just because a man is incapable does not mean that he is incapable of feeling desire. Yeah. Because he, she's still in bed. And he's leaning And over he her. like has his hands on either side of her hips. And he's like, you know, I think we should explore this whole question of betrothal a bit more thoroughly. We might be tossing out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. And like, let's make educated choices. You know what I mean? Let's get all the info. That's a running theme throughout this book, too. And so she tells him, I've been kissed by a prince. And he says, competition. His eyes glittering even more brightly. I'm fiercely competitive. Did you know that? And then he dipped his head and licked her bottom lip in one slick, sweet movement. (laughs) <laughs> then he nibbles on her lip uh-huh. and then she and then he stands up and he's like, all right, let's go swimming. Get up. We should probably stop there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, she's and now like, she's like, oh, my God, I can't get out of this bed. Not now that I know how delightful also, and delicious his kisses are. No, but no, his almost kisses. She makes fun of him for not actually kissing her. She's like, do you, is that what you think a kiss is? Doesn't that happen? That's true. That's yeah. true. It is. Yeah. Well, because she's feeling awkward. And so, <laughs> yes. of course, she's going to lash out at him. And he he's like, number one, her face. I didn't. <laughs> number one, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> I'm not mad about it either. But, like, imagine that. Being like, I've been kissed by a prince. And him being like, I can one-up that. And then just slobbering on your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, hey. Is that what you think this I- is? There was not a single moment in this book that I was not horny for no, this man. Same. You can lick whatever the fuck you want. I'm bud. with you, but it's then, gotta be befuddling. Then he does. And then he does. Okay. So they go swimming again. And she started learning to float and things like that. And he started to like he's like, well, I'm allowed to admire as long as I don't touch. Famous last words. Hilarious. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they're, you know, learning things. And then when, oh, God, then (laughs) he goes, she seemed to have a fair sense of rhythm while she's like practicing paddling on this rock. Of course, she has a voice murmured inside him. He could teach her rhythm and she would. He thrust the thought away. Time to go, he said, briskly turning away. I have a wing of patients waiting for me. Some of them probably cadavers by now. Can't keep those cadavers waiting. It's not polite. (laughs) By the way, this is not the first time that he has used his patience to literally Mm -hmm. be like, well, got to go. This is getting a little too close for comfort. Cock block. Bye. (laughs) Got to block my own cock. (laughs) Got to go. But oh, then, God. and this is when he started like getting into it, though, because he started like he's like, "Fuck! How did his dad? How did my dad find her? Because she yeah. is perfect." Well, and hilariously, in order to put off this question of marriage and you know his responsibilities, 
He apparently sent a letter to his dad that was like three pages long, being like, she's got to be more beautiful than the sun and the moon put together. She's got to be super duper smart. She's got to be so witty. She's got to make people fall on the floor with her comedy, like all of this stuff. And then she shows up and he's like, fuck, dude, Mm -hmm. he did it. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And I I mean... So she's only ever been valued for her beauty, but it's the thing she cares the least about. And Mm -hmm. so this man who's like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. Like, I actually don't care. She thinks it's because he's incapable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's actually because he's, I like, he's also a demisexual, right? Maybe? I don't think so no because he definitely feels sexual like he feels sexual attraction from git right and he's commented about how he's had multiple flings essentially like he is not any sure. form of bird okay and then like the way he acts he's been injured his entire life so there's yeah. no way that it wasn't just like miscellaneous strumpets that he tossed a couple of guineas you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. regular historian sabrina over there she reads what can i one and a half Eloisa James books. And she's clear. I guineas and trumpets. I do love a fucking historical. No, so like. <laughs> but anyway, so now this is their actual first kiss. So they're going back and forth, right? Yeah. And they're getting at like getting at it because she's like, your father loves you. And he's like, fuck my dad. And yeah. they're like f- arguing about it. And he's like, well, it's not like your dad loves you. He sent you up here all alone without any sort of chaperone. <gasps> like get fucked lady and she is they get they're all up close to each other they're she hasn't noticed how to close each other. they are oh god they're so mean to each other and it's all foreplay yeah i have even a hard the time truly, even the truly cruel shit that they say to each until yeah. the climactic scene they if to be clear if somebody said this to me I would break down. This is not relatable content for me at all. But I I loved it. I do love reading it, though. I do. Like, to be clear, tr- don't try to get in my pants by telling me uh, true shit that's not nice. Okay? Yeah. Don't I have do a it. therapist for that. That's okay? exactly right. I have different relationships for that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, if anything, I need you to go get me the pint of ice cream and hold me while I'm feeling feelings. Yeah, that'll after... make me feel sexy things yeah. in my pants. Oh, yeah. I'll Way write more... you until the fucking cows come home. Absolutely. Did I tell you? I haven't told you. I what? found out there are cows. Cow- so I knew this already because there are cows down the road from me. I see them every time I drive to work. Listener, I have absolutely no idea where this is going. <laughs> and well, I, was- <laughs> I found out. That sometimes they escape. Okay. And sometimes they'll just be meandering the road. And so I, when sure. I say I would ride you until the cows come home, <laughs> it's pretty literal. <laughs> I just suddenly thought of that. I have come a picture home. to send you later. Might actually come home. Yeah, uh-huh. that's fair. Anyway, so this is like now that now that now they're kissing and she is acknowledging she's like, wow, I really hated it when the prince threw his tongue all over me. But um, wow, but Pierce doesn't do that. Mm, it's, it's like not a gentle adoration back and forth. It's a ravaging, craving kiss, a wildly passionate, tumultuous stand and deliver kiss. Mm. I want that tattooed on my fucking stand body and deliver kiss. I love it. <sighs> 
Yeah. So then oh, they kiss, but then they break specifically, apart. Yeah. It was the sort of kiss that a gentleman never, ever gave a lady. Ooh. Lynette loved it. Yes. And then at dinner, she's like, I'm totally cool, calm, and collected. Nothing even matters. And I'm just flirting with boys. It's fine. I don't, <laughs> that didn't make a difference to me at all. That kiss didn't make a difference. And he kind of hates it, but he's also not going to compete with anyone else. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. It gets to the point where, like, they only talk to each other because Sebastian takes her over to him, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, like, everybody is wildly aware that he's a fucking raging asshole. His mom, even, yeah. right? He tells her his mom, you're saying she's too good for me? And his mother, to his face, says, good, I know nothing about, but too beautiful of a certainty. You should have married her the moment she got here before she had a chance to get to know you. Yeah! Mom! <laughs> I mean, and she's not wrong, you know? He's just very lucky that that does it for her. They're just right for each other is all. Wait, I have one more quote for Please. you. This is them witty bantering at each other again. Good evening, fiance. <laughs> Beelzebub. <laughs> I've been demoted. I'm sure people have called me Lucifer in the past. Wasn't Beelzebub just a lesser devil? In fact, I think you're confusing your demons. Beelzebub is another name for the evil one himself. Oh, good. I'm ferociously competitive. I think I told you that before. <laughs> My God. Just uh, loving them. I, uh, okay. And to be clear, I don't like this in every book because an author sure. has to do it right. I have read books before where these like characters are this, like have this kind of animosity with each other mm -hmm. and hated it and DNF'd it because it just, I couldn't like, I, it, doesn't it did not actually playful. feel no, because like even as cruel as they are to each other, ninety percent of the time, like it's playful. This is—I'm not kidding, listeners. This is for read this book. Oh my god! Yeah, it was only like the one time that it actually got heated in a real way, and even then, he was saying, you know, like your your father doesn't love you enough to do blah blah blah, and she said something back to the effect of like my father might be weak and like kind of an ass but he loves me and you're not gonna take that away so uh -huh. i don't know it's not like they're it's not like they're ever truly mean to each other if that makes sense she's like you're being yeah. an ass about your dad and he's like well your dad i don't even know if he likes you and she's like they shut the fuck up they're projecting they projected each yeah. other a lot and then yeah. like argue about it and then kiss it's over. And then kiss. Yeah. So every single morning, he's going to wake her up to teach her swimming. One he morning. He wakes her up? Go ahead. No, you go. He wakes her up with hot chocolate. By dripping it on her face. Yeah. And he's yes. like, you look like you have the pox. Wait, uh -huh. wait, just one more dribble. Like. Yeah. And I now there you that. go. Now you, now you look like Queen Elizabeth. That's yeah. Fucked up. And before we forget, later on they have this whole yeah. discussion about him being like, "Do you think it's worse for beautiful women or like n like regular women or like maybe he even says ugly women to get like pox scars on their face?" And she's like, "Oh, beautiful women for sure because they have way way more to lose." 
And mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, huh, interesting. And they just like keep moving on. Anyway, this morning, they go out. They do their swimming stuff, right? He, I think, forgets to keep his small clothes on, but neither of them notice, allegedly. And then when they're in, like, when they're looking out at the ocean, she's like, wow, it's so beautiful here. And he's like, yeah, but the sky's doing weird stuff. Like, in Wales, that means there could be a storm coming on and, and like, you know, you won't even know it. So... Then they're swimming and swimming and swimming. She gets out. She wraps herself in some towels. He gets out. They look and like they're they're flirting. They're about to like maybe kiss or do something more. He has his cock out and he's touching his cock. I forgot about that. Can you give me it, more details like, on that, please? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank okay. You, thank you. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on. Oh, this. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, so. Oh, this is it. So when he's getting undressed, he's like, "Want me to stand up so you don't miss anything?" Yeah. And just like they're being like super adorable. And oh wait, no, that's later. Where the fuck is it? I know for a fact I highlighted this. I guess I didn't. I don't remember wow. him stroking himself until they get to the guardhouse. But he could have been. No, he's so he strokes himself and he's looking down on her and he's like, oh, like yeah, flirting with her. Looking real and then good. he looks up and he's like, oh, fuck. And then yeah. they start running, except he can't run. And he's like, run to the house, run to the house. And she's like, I'm not fucking leaving you, you big lummox. Right. And so she's like walking next to him. And then he's like, oh, the guardhouse. Let's go into the guardhouse. So they go into the guardhouse and she's and there's roughly nothing in there. There um, is nothing in the main room, period. Yeah. And then she opens a door and there's a bedroom and she is freezing. And so she's like, "Okay, I need like warmth. I'm dying right now. She finds a shirt in a random closet and then puts Mm -hmm. that on. And then she goes to open the door to be like, hey, let's talk about. But then she sees he's totally naked uh, squatting in front of the fire. Stand up so you don't miss anything. Yes. Oh, my God. So she's like, no, and he no. Apparently, apparently he sounded amused, but there was a strain of something feral in it. I deep mean, and male and dangerous. And she's like, where's your towel? Where's your small clothes? And he's like, I forgot to take like leave those on. And also I lost my towel in the wind or something. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's like, OK, I'm going to go and I'm going to get him like a sheet or something to wear. Mm-hmm. And he gets his own tablecloth and then they end up putting the sheet back on the bed And sitting on the bed because he's like, there's literally no other furniture. We have to sit in here. And Mm -hmm. then this turns in to something I honestly was not expecting at this point in the book. You weren't expecting it's on TM? I was expecting her to edge us way more. I I was expecting there to be some reason for Eloisa James to edge us more. Oh, my God. No. So this was fucking incredible. Yeah. Okay. So he's like. You'll do anything to win, won't you? And she's like, I'm very competitive. Mm -hmm. Did you think you were the only one? Not anymore, he muttered. And then he bends his head to hers and starts kissing her. But then, but then, (laughs) fucking Piers goes, bloody hell. Why do I feel as if I'm making love to a rag doll here? You seem to know how to kiss yesterday. Because she was feeling like, she was like, I'm going to be a perfect little, you know, lady. And like, essentially like lay back and just let you do whatever you want to me. And he's like, I no. want an active participant here. And she's like, yes. yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. 
So she goes in for it and she's, I mean, it's great. Their makeout is amazing. Um, but then uh-huh. he, this, is this before or after they have the conversation about what capabilities he does and does not possess? That happens after because he goes yeah. down on her. So yeah. he like f- is fingering her and like kissing on her tits and like suckling yep. on He's her He's like, you have the most perfect like, boobs that I've ever seen in oh my, my life. God. They're a man's and dream. He, he's, I'm sorry, I have another fucking highlight. I can't help it. Uh, Louisa James, this is your fault. Yeah. Oh, oh, so delicate, he said, crooning. Such good working order. You're diagnosing me, she said, managing to pry her head off the pillow so she could look down at him. He looked up at her, the devil in his eyes. I'm diagnosing the pinkest. He dropped another kiss and she <gasps> quivered again. Sweetest, another kiss. Most delectable part of Lynette. <gasps> and then I spooned. Uh huh. Um, yep. Yeah. So he goes down on her like the Beelzebub he is, and she's oh. all about it. She has her first ever orgasm, mm-hmm. and then afterwards he like comes up and he's like, "Tell me exactly how much you know about mm-hmm. this whole situation." And she's like, "Well, I like I know most of it. You know, I know mm-hmm. like the <laughs> broad strokes or whatever." Why why don't you tell me, though? He's like, how about you tell me and I'll correct you? He's like, well, why do you think that men hang down the front? How does that work? Is it like stuffing a sausage? And I've never been more horrified. And so she's like, she's like, well, I don't I don't know. And he's like, well, that's because we do hang. Just not when we're into it, like. I have full capability in that part of my body. That's sort of a rumor I started. And she's like, wait a minute. We can actually have like penetrative sex the way that a husband does with a wife, basically. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, girl, we totally can. So it gets to the and point. And then they fuck for science. Well, Yes. However, before they fuck for science, she says, so what do we what do we do now? And he says, well, I mean, you're the one that virginity is important to. Like it's a it's a really high valued commodity. So whatever we do now is really up to you. And she's like, I mean, it was a high valued commodity. And then the bidding sort of stopped because everybody thought I was ruined. He's like, yeah, but. You know, in the long run, it's still something that is, you know, worth something to you or others or whatever. So, like, this is in your hands. And she attacks him. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Well, they also have the talk of, like, well, what happens if I get pregnant? And he's like, well, then we'll marry. Yeah. And, like, this is the part. This is the part where I was like, everybody's being an idiot face. If you're so willing to get married just because she's pregnant, like, you should just get married. Like, you're obviously not that against marriage or you would just wait because it's a hailstorm, y'all. And like, it's Welsh hail, you know, so they're like the size of tennis balls or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like, they're honestly stuck in this guardhouse for a while. But like, you can wait three hours and go get a French letter or whatever the fuck 
Nope, they're going raw this whole fucking book. So I'm just like, everybody needs to get over themselves and y'all just need to be together forever. But we're only, what, 60% of the way through the book? Something like uh, that? About 55 or something like yeah. that. 55, 60. And yeah, so then now, now, listener, they fuck for science. And because it's he's like, he's like, I think we should investigate exactly what we're proposing to do. After all, where there is a chance of marriage, one must proceed with care. Uh-huh. Deliberation. Make absolutely sure that neither of us has the slightest qualm. Ooh. Oh boy. So she's like, get inside me. And he's like, Well, we should we should go a little slow, you know, this because is one of virginity. The funniest first so times I've ever read in my life. Yeah. And so she just keeps on like sort of trying to pull him in and she's like nonverbal even. He's like, Are you sure? And she's basically just like feral and being like, Ah, like get in me. Uh-huh. So she's pulling him in. He finally penetrates her and then he stills and he's like, is there any pain? And she's thinking to herself, like, it's not like pain, but it's a stretch and it's a whatever. But then nothing else but happens. But it's also really good. Yeah. And so she's like, but then is it, it being really good because he's not is moving. That it? Is it over? And he's like, uh-huh. and he just starts giggling. He just starts chuckling in her ear. And she's like, I don't think this is a really appropriate time for you to laugh. Uh-huh. And so. He's like, well, is it okay with you if I start moving? And she well, thinks he to says, herself, well, it's not great right says, now, but I don't want you to leave. I, yeah. And he says, I'm going to have to move now. The pause for virgin accommodation is over. <laughs> and she says, all right. And she's disappointed. Yeah, and she's so like, she's I guess like, it's over start, now. Like she, I guess it's done. And then he goes to pound town and she's like, she goes feral again. Yeah. She's, like, <laughs> she's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then he's like, we need to. And she's like, what? Am I doing it right? Should I be doing something else? Shall I? Shut up. He said in her ear. And then he puts his thumb down and he does diddle the do. Yes. And then she comes like a freight train. Just like a freight train. And he follows soon after. Mm -hmm. Because of those clutchy vaginal muscles, you know? They're a clutching. Yep. It's great. Because... Don't forget, she's a virgin, so she's real tight. Sure, man. That's how that works. Yeah, totally. So then they just start having sex on the regular. Yep. All over the place. At one point, he just pulls her into an alcove and diddles her and then is like, all right, let's go about our days. One of my favorites is the day after. Mm -hmm. Okay. The day after they're walking out of the sick room and he's like, come on, then. Uh, time for a oh, private yeah. consult with your favorite doctor because he like pulls her into this side room and he's like, he's like oh look oh. an empty bed just waiting for a patient what a, f- <laughs> a bed and then, and then he's like come tell me all about that nasty raw feeling caused by that seducing devil who took Ooh. advantage of you and she's like no we can't do this like we have things that we need to do and then he's like oh actually will you take my cane for me and then she goes to take it from him and he uses the cane to like pull her onto him this was so cute <laughs> and then they're like they're going back and forth like are you sore and he's like want me to take a look and make sure that it's all in a working order it would be my pleasure uh-huh. <laughs> but then she starts like kissing down him because she loves mm-hmm. the fact that his nipples are so sensitive and then she goes don't you think you should take off your breeches and he says well we can't do- i mean we can't do anything serious you know and she's like, but still, I, I just want to look at it. Yeah. We can't do anything serious, Lynette. Your poor little twat cannot take another intrusion from. And then she's like, this? And she's like oh petting on his cock. Uh-huh. 
Your poor little twat. Your poor little twat. <laughs> he is so crass. <sighs> I love him so much. For her. Me too. For her. For her. Not for me. That's exactly right. Nope. I need more words of affirmation. Thanks so much. So then she's like playing with him and she gets him out fully. And then she like kisses the head of his cock. And he's like, oh my God, the world is like tilting on a different axis. And he goes, I think I should, it's it's my responsibility to tell you that most ladies don't pleasure a man like this. And she's like, what, like this? And she like licks on him again. She's like, why ever not? You did to mm-hmm. me. And he's like, I, just, I don't really know. And then she mm-hmm. just starts blowing him to... Mm-hmm. I mean, smithereens, I guess. To the point where he forgot his name. He yes. forgot he was a doctor. Uh-huh. He forgot everything. Everything. Except for her mouth mm-hmm. and his cock. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and then he's like, I'm about to go. My my sperm. That means that my sperm is about to shoot out of my body. And she goes, she comes up and she goes, is it injurious? And he's like, no, it's not injurious. And she's like, well, good. And then she just keeps going until she swallows. And he's like, everything, the world has changed. <laughs> like, I have not, I'm not the same person. I have a story. <laughs> extra, extra. <laughs> oh Somebody get me a news boy. <laughs> Holy Except, shit. Um, we're about to be getting to the point you don't want anybody around this castle that is no. not already around this castle no so, they're doing it everywhere oh oh except also that yeah, yeah because we're getting to the point where um we're getting there so the next night they have a dance his mother puts on a little mini ball uh-huh and so everyone's dancing with people and this is when uh <laughs> the duke and peers have like uh like a conversation together and her like his father's like oh like I can't like she look how beautiful she is and this is like it wasn't like this when we were younger I wouldn't have been sitting over here lollygagging after her when we first met I didn't even ask her to dance I just pulled her onto the dance floor I didn't wait for an introduction and he's like well why don't you go not wait for an introduction now and he goes no I really fucked her over, and so my punishment is that she gets the opportunity to turn me down. I have uh-huh. to ask. <laughs> I have to ask. Oh, and like to so be that clear, she this can is rightly so, like, reject me. <laughs> we're getting like snippets and scenes in the Duke's point of view of yeah. him, and this is the first time, Marguerite, Mary... Marguerite, Marguerite. So uh, this is when the Duke snaps. And she's doing too much flirting with too many young men. Thank you. With her little gazungas just bobbling out the top. They're just toddling all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so he grabs her by the by the hand and takes her out of the room. And she's like, what's happening? Oh, because several people have been like, hey, Piers, your mom and dad are still in love with each other. And he's like, mm-hmm. Ugh, maybe I don't really care because he's always talking about his dad mooning after his mom. And then I think she says, but they don't have a chance. Your mom is going to continue to reject him on your behalf if you don't let her know that, like, it's OK you, and it won't yeah. hurt you if she were to follow her feelings. So 
this is one of those times where he's like, take me back. Like, I love you. It was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. And she says, I could give a damn. I'm I'm past, you know, you ruining my reputation in England. I don't give a shit about that. But I will never, mm-hmm. ever be able to forgive you for what you did to our boy. And he's like, yeah. I know. I'm never going to be able to forgive myself either. And then he leans in. And he like goes slowly and he kisses her. And for a moment, she kisses him back. And then she pulls away and walks out the door without saying a word. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the second chance. Like, oh, boy. Ah. So then he and Sebastian have a conversation in the drawing room while she is dancing with bits all about Uh Bits is laughing down at her and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I hate it. I hate it. But Wait, I was wrong. What? That's not happening quite yet. Oh, what? Her and Bits dancing. So this is when they all, they're all hanging out in the drawing room. This is when the thing happens with her father or his okay. father and his mother. Okay. So everyone has left the drawing room except for him and her. Oh my God, this is so good. No, everyone has not left the drawing room. As soon as the dad and mom leave, he gives the fuck off chin nod to the ducklings. Yeah, to everybody else. And they else. fuck off too. So now and they're yeah, alone. Sebastian's been, yeah, Sebastian's been gone. And so they have like a flirty time. And this, I just have to share this one little bit where he says, so he's being called away because Sebastian needs help with something. And as they're leaving, he says, if I were to marry anyone, Lynette... It would be you. Mm. And she says, I always knew these breasts would come in handy. Oh. <laughs> and then they kiss and in front of God and everybody. Everybody. Yep. <laughs> and so there, and he says, he leans in and she, she's like, we're playing and I deserve to play after all that has happened to me. And he says, you do. I'm just a fool. Just as you said. And then he leans in and whispers, you're one hell of a playmate. Yeah. Oh. Because during this conversation, he's like, I would marry if I was going to, it would be you. But like, I'm I just need to reiterate, I'm definitely not marrying you. She's like, I know, but we're playing. So I just wanted to make sure they knew that context. No worries. And then uh, the next couple of days happen and I have to read you this um, this paragraph, please. One more time, she promised herself. That wasn't too trollopy. Yeah. She wouldn't be too trollopy. But when they actually got to the guardhouse, trollopy. trollopy. There was no other way to describe her behavior, nor the day after, nor the day after that. <laughs> Certainly not the day when Piers caught her in the corridor after she had read Camilla to a group of patients, pulled her into an alcove, and with a quick hand between her legs, reduced her to, well, trollophood. Trollophood. <laughs> okay, so this is the other thing that's very important. We keep on getting scenes with like Gavin and um, the guy right next to him. And he has a dog now. And she is like, we need to improve patient morale and patient experience and patient life here. So I want to talk to Nurse Matilda and figure out like what this is, because it's inhumane that families don't get to be there. So Mm -hmm. while he's in the middle of diagnosing a patient... Nurse Matilda and she sort of burst into the room and she's like, sir, I am offended. I cannot believe that this this woman like, you know, deigns to criticize me in the way that I run my wing and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, well, families need to come around. And as they're diagnosing this um, person, she's like, wait, is his wife still on the premises? 
And Nurse Matilda's like, yeah, she is. She's down in the kitchen and she's probably making a right fuss and nobody can handle her. And it's just the worst for the hospital. And she's like, well, if we get her up here, we can probably get her to answer all the questions that he can't answer from like a third party perspective. Like, what did he look like when this thing happened to him? Mm -hmm. What were the circumstances or whatever? And because they have this conversation, they're able to diagnose him immediately when they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And he looks at Nurse Matilda and he says, you just lost the argument. I can't believe that I haven't used families as a resource like this in diagnosing before. And so you're going to have to figure this out. And then he looks at her and he's like, actually, you know what? No, you're fired. And... (laughs) And so she is like, I'm sure that we will figure out a way to get families in here and improve patient lives while still allowing Nurse Matilda to run her wing in the efficient, fastidious way that she does. And Nurse Matilda's like, like, ultimately, Nurse Matilda is great at being a fucking badass nurse and taking care of these people. She's just also a little bit of a heartless old coot. Right. Right. So a happy medium is what we're trying to strike, you know? We get a moment where Gavin's mom comes and Uh they have this whole moment where she's like, thank you so much for being here with him. Like I've lain awake at night not being able to visit him and thinking like, what if that was the last time I get to see him? Because like he catches an infection at the hospital because of, you know, like a broken leg leads to my six-year-old dying is totally a possibility. And then Lynn it's like, why don't you come quilting with the ladies? Like we've got a we've got a lady who's pregnant with twins and she can't get out of bed and she's bored to tears. I really think that mm-hmm. could be fun. And so she is doing a bunch of shit in their castle hospital to improve things and make it run smoother while he ends up being able to do his job more easily because he can diagnose people better and people are happier and all the business. It's the best. But he's also like, wow, things are going to suck when she leaves, which she inevitably will. And she has to. And there's also like, unsurprisingly, we don't see any of this like super on paper, but like references to how they're not just fucking now. No. Like they are having conversations and they're laughing together and they're They're working together by the fire like they're commiserating about patients together of their relationship was really beautiful and gorgeous which it it, which was necessary because like we needed to see we needed to see a growth in relationship because to be clear like i said i've read books where the characters like had animosity like like last week's book doesn't work God fucking Jesus damn Remember, it. We're like, where the fuck are those 15 yeah. chapters where he's nice to her? God. These these are the 15 chapters. That's exactly these right. These are the 15 chapters. That's exactly right. So now they're at a dance. She's dancing with bits and mm-hmm. he's having a conversation with Sebastian because Sebastian's like, this was a hard conversation. <laughs> it was. It absolutely was because he's like, what gives, man? She's perfect for you. Everyone can see it. If she would allow it, I would run away with her right now and, like, give you the bird on the way out. Like, she's incredible. What I've are always you run doing? faster than you, Piers. <gasps> Sebastian. How Sebastian. That was, that was low. He says, I, I've always run better. I do surgery better. I fuck better, though that it's not polite to say. <laughs> it's so funny. And then... 
Piers is coming to like some real some realizations about it. He's like, yeah. I've never bothered to love anyone because he's starting to realize that he loves her. Yeah, for sure. And Sebastian sort of comes to the realization. He's like, hold on. Are you not considering her because your father chose her? Because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And Piers is like, yes, that was part of it. But I'm more concerned about turning into my father. Mm-hmm. He's really afraid that, like, you know. One day the pain is going to be too much and he's going to turn to laudanum. Yeah. And he says, I don't want to watch her wilt when I'm out of my mind from pain or grow afraid the way my mother did with my father if I turn to laudanum to relieve it. And Sebastian's like, you never do. And he's like, I might, though. I might. It's always there. It's a possibility. And it's a temptation. Yeah. Like father, like son, perhaps. But I'm not going to put her through that. And Sebastian's like, oh. Yeah, he says something you're like. You're in love with her. Yeah. He says something like, perfect woman, you know, who's, you know, like the most beautiful in the land. And then like chronic pain man who has a tendency to pop off with a terrible temper leads to a recipe for unhappiness. And he says, and Sebastian says, well, maybe not. And he goes, not for me, no, but for her, definitely. And I'm not doing that to her. And he's like, so please go after her, go do it. Go, go seduce her, make her fall in love with you. But you're not living in my house. But you're not (laughs) living here because I could not (laughs) handle it. But then they get called away as she's dancing with bits. And they have to go upstairs because there's like a fever that's been a brewing. Well, there's somebody who has shown up and is sick and getting worse. And they go up, check out this person and go, oh, fuck. This dude has scarlet fever. And then he turns to Prufric and he's like, all right, you remember the plans that we made in case of a epidemic? Yeah. Uh, time, time to do those, a.k.a. get everybody who is not critical to patient care the fuck out of here. Yeah, and everybody who's not actively dying or showing yeah. signs of a fever or like early mm-hmm. signs get of, them, of scarlet like, get fever. Them the, like go to the local local town, get all of the fucking carriages you can. Like we need to get these people out. Yeah. And he says, first and foremost, get my mother, father and Lynette out of here. And they're, he's like, OK, but then Mumsy Marguerite refuses to leave. Because what if mm-hmm. he gets sick? Somebody has to She's nurse him. Take care of him. Yes. And so he is like, Mom, I will throw you out on your ass myself. Get the fuck out. And then Lynette's like, The guardhouse. What about the guardhouse? You can just go stay there because, because they've because they've turned it into a love nest, y'all. They have <laughs> furnished it with the best out yep. of the house. Okay, so they can fuck there whenever like... they want. <laughs> And like best. literally when the uh when the parents go into the guardhouse the first time, they're like, wasn't that love seat in the in the sitting room? <laughs> it's so good. Interesting. Yeah. Because the Duke and Lynette are gonna be going back to London, but then the Duke is like, I'm not leaving either. You know what? I'm gonna stay here with you, Marguerite. And because if you get sick. I have to take care of you. And she's like, well, what if I don't want you here? And he's like, well, then I don't have to be in here. I'll sleep on the porch. I'll make sure that you don't get sick. I'll keep the food, like all of the people away from you. I'm going to protect you. I will die for you. Yeah. And then he says, don't forgive me. I'll never be able to forgive myself, but take me back. You don't have to forgive me, but please take me back. 
And they end up reconciling right there. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, oh uh, Piers is just stomping all the fuck over Lynette's heart in the par- fucking parlor. To... He's white-fanging yeah. her hard. Well, and also, he legitimately believes that he means this in this moment. He, le- like, I can, you can tell that, like, so, like, there's a lot of words spoken in this chapter, but essentially what it boils down to is he loves her too much to put her through being with him. And so now he's going to hurt her to get away from him. And he's not going after her. Like, as far as he's concerned, this is it. Yeah. He says goodbye, Lynette forever mm-hmm. and he keeps saying like i don't want to marry you i don't want to marry you oh my it's god it's never she been a says, possibility I, like i don't want to be with you and she's like i just I think she I says i love you. you and then uh-huh. she says i love you and he says i don't want to marry you and they sort of keep going back and forth like that and uh-huh. then she's like you're just afraid you're just afraid of this and i'll wait for you like i don't mind being mm-hmm. a fool for you <laughs> i'm in love with you so I'll wait for you in London for a time. And he's like, don't be mm-hmm. daft or whatever. Oh, God. And he's such a dick, too. He's like, at one point, he's like, for God's sake, have you no dig- dignity? <gasps> I tupped you and we were good together, but you're not the first and you won't be the last. The way my mouth was hanging open like a for goddamn this fucking guppy. Scene. <laughs> he said I... some fucking truly heinous shit in here. Honestly, between this and simultaneously reading some of Librarian and the Orc, okay? Oh my that god! That hero can go fuck himself. Yeah. The way that he talks to her constantly, call- that that is one of the, mm, I think this is going to be the first Finley Fen book I don't like. I don't know. I'll report back. But like, how far I, are you now? I don't know, 30%, 40%. Oh, my God. No, he doesn't start. You're not going to start liking him until, like, 85%. Oh, God. He's so mean. And, like, it sort of hits all of my worst I need words of affirmation points. You know what I mean? Same. same. That was a hard book to get through, but I'll put it this way. I don't regret it. Yeah, okay. I know. You keep on talking about, okay, I'm 57% of the way through, and I still hate him. But he has, you know. 85%. He's fucked her with a claw finger, so, you know. Oh, boy. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to not God. I could I I could go down an orc hole right now, but we have to finish this book. We have to finish this book. Yeah. So he white fangs her, and she crawls out a window to get to the coach. It's well, very... and she also like it was really nice because she starts coming back at him. Oh, during yeah. this though, because he's saying all these things, and he's like, she's like, I know what you're you what no, you're you saying is not like I know that you love me. Yeah. There's no, or no, she doesn't say it because she doesn't know that he loves her. He, she finds that out in the chicken coop. She comes to the, that conclusion in the chicken coop. Oh, then coop. what does she say? But she's then like, I saying know that you care for like, me. It's something like that. Well, like, essentially, she's like, you basically fuck you. If you married me, if you admitted to your feelings, because she doesn't say love, but she knows that he cares for her. And yeah. at one point, she says, if you married me, if you admitted to your feelings, it would mean that misery is not a given, but a choice. God. And like they're all fucked up together. And then she's like, I'll wait for you in London for a time in case you change your mind. And he's like, Has no one any dignity around here? You're as embarrassing as my father. And she says, Fuck. She says, I don't mind being a fool for you. I love you. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh... And then she does. She goes off in the carriage. Everybody else stays at the castle. 
and then we see a bunch of scenes where he is taking care of everything. Yeah. He's like, it's them taking care of stuff. Because he's also like, they're getting it out like, Everyone needs to be isolated, like put right. people in isolation. No leeches. Bring Stop them to the fucking people. castle. You goddamn and all of these things. Dummies. And oh my god, the last thing that we do see as she's leaving the castle, though, yeah, is her laying back in the coach and not feeling great. Yeah. And like the minute I saw that, I was like, oh my god, this bitch has scarlet fever. The minute he was sending her away, I was like, oh fuck. So. The well, Duke we're not also... all Sherlock Holmeses. Uh, sorry, here. you're right. Okay, you're right. <laughs> no, and the Duke goes out and he like comforts her and he says, you know, I'll I had my people wait for you at this place, and so you'll you know be able to get wherever. But I'm staying with Marguerite, and she says, I'm so happy for you. He keeps on being like, I'm so sorry. If I had known the depths of my son's hatred for me, I wouldn't have put wouldn't you in this position. You in the first place and she says but then i wouldn't have met peers so it's really okay but meanwhile six days later he finds out that we're gonna skip over a lot of it because it's graphic the book basically does though it like doesn't. It's, it's sort of a there's montage. there's a whole scene. There's a whole... Well, okay, kind of. But, like, there's some, like, graphic scenes of her in, like, the chicken coop talking, like, with the I wasn't there doctor. yet. Oh. I'm not there okay. yet. So, like, from his perspective, six days later, he and Sebastian are having a conversation, and he finds out that the Duke is still there. And he's mm-hmm. like, wait, hold the phone. How the fuck did Linnet get back to London then? He's been having nightmares this whole time, though, yeah. about something bad happening to her and, like, something at the tip of his tongue, and he can't figure out yep. what it could possibly be. But there's something up with her, but it's just a nightmare. And Because but, Bits is sick. We forgot to tell Bits them that. Bits is sick, and Bits, and she danced the night before he started showing symptoms. Yeah. So he's like, she didn't have a chaperone to fucking London, and Sebastian's like, you booted her out of this castle. You don't get to care about that anymore. Shut the fuck up and turn the page. But then finally, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, my God, I just remembered. The thing that I haven't been able to remember is them dancing. And so, holy fuck, there's a really good chance that she's sick. So he's like, get the carriage, get the curricle. <laughs> like, I'm going. And Mm -hmm. they sort of talk sense into him, and he figures out there's one of two places that the carriage would have gone. She could have because it's Wales, and like there's two towns that sound nearly identical. Literally two towns that are identical except for the last two letters, which is either an LL or an RR. Which is like, like... come on, Wales, okay? So anyway, (laughs) he goes to the first one, and they're like, nope, all the servants were here, nobody else showed up, and so they fucked off because they were worried about scarlet fever. So he goes to the other place. And we have seen those, yeah, we've seen some graphic yeah. scenes with her because there was a um, an innkeeper, I guess, that just, like, shoved her in an abandoned Turns chicken coop. Turns out they stole all of her stuff. Yeah. And potentially kind of didn't take care of the driver, and now he's dead, maybe murdered. We're maybe, not really sure. Who knows? But she got shoved in a ratty nightgown into a fucking chicken coop that they didn't bother to clean out. And so she's been suffering there for six days. And he is like, he's fucking pissed. He's like, get the fuck out of here. You have one hour. Otherwise, I'm going to the magistrate. And the magistrate's my friend, because guess what? I just cured his daughter of scarlet fever. So if you don't get the fuck out of here, I'm sending you to the colonies. Yeah, Madame and Mr. Tenardier from Les Mis 
are like, oh, no, we did everything we could out of our Christian goodness or whatever. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I will press charges for thievery and other bullshit on you if you don't get the fuck out. And so Mm -hmm. Madame Thenardier and they do get the fuck out. out. And they also take everything. Yeah. So one of his the coachman, Buller, he's like, grab her, take her upstairs into the one like one of the only clean places. Yeah. And so Buller takes her up there and then. Uh, it's it's graphic like he does some graphic don't, we don't need to go into yeah well but he also we sends buller away detail. in order to mm-hmm. like get reinforcements and come back in the morning and he is the one carting water up and down the stairs yeah because he's taking care of her and he has to cut all of her hair off oh god because there's no way and, he can get but, it clean oh but he's like so sweet while he's taking care of he's her talking though, to and, her like, the he's whole almost time crying and he's telling her everything that he's doing and he's like thank fuck She's unconscious right now. Yeah, he's saying, you're in a coma, but I actually think this is better because otherwise it would be really fucking painful. I have to clean Mm -hmm. everything off of you. It's terrible. At one point, though, this was kind of funny. He was like, I think we'll have to double Nurse Matilda's wages because this is harder than what I do with patients. Yeah, yeah. And then he has to, like, after he's done with the bath in that bed, he has to carry her. And he has he to carry does. her down the hallway into another room. And he's in agony. And he basically almost doesn't make it. Like, it's really yeah, bad. but he gets her into the bed, and then he ends up collapsing, and his cane is in the other room, too. Yeah. And so he ends up crawling. He's like, this also, is mortifying, naked. but also, like, I'm taking care of her. And so he <laughs> crawls naked to the other room to get the water, because he knows that they need water. And then he takes care of her. And, he's, and then, listener, he's naked because his clothes were like covered in chicken shit and awful yeah. stuff. So he couldn't get her clean. And then, yeah, it's not like put he her on nude, his chicken like, shit body. Hey, baby, yeah, right? you think this rod will wake you up? Like, that's no, not but what's truly, like, here. that was a moment where I was like, there is a a super proud Earl crawling naked from one room to the other in order to like take care of his love. And like, while he was yelling at the innkeepers and everything he's like you didn't take care of my wife and Mm -hmm. that's how he's referring to her to everyone like even when his staff gets there he's like well that's my fiance it's gonna be my wife like it doesn't matter what happened we're gonna get married she just has to live through this and so that night he's like holding her and taking care of her and he started sleeping with her and she wakes up a little bit. Yeah. Because she realized that like so at one point I highlighted this because like, oh, God, um, he was her lodestone after all, her beating heart. And although he would pushed her away, he would be broken when he learned of her death. She knew yeah. that because in her haze, her scarlet fever haze in the chicken coop, she was like, when I survive this. If I survive this, I'm going back to that fucking castle and I'm making him mine. Yeah. I'm not fucking accepting shit. Yep. Yep. That man's mine. He pushed me away because he loves me. Yep. Yeah. And then she does wake up and then they have this like, he like wakes up and he's like, oh, Lynette. And then he like jerks awake and he's like, you're You're awake. awake. Ah. Yeah. And And then he like feeds her some water. Another montage of like, yeah, it's three days of her like sort of, of like waking up and f- and going unconscious again, and then when she finally does wake up, she starts to fully understand the state of her person. Yeah, and like how scarred she her is, and how is rashy marked. and blistered she is. Her hair's all gone. Yeah, and like... she has a full 
breakdown over it to the point where she won't let him in the room. Bring bring my maid. She can take care of me. I'll be fine with her. And then she, yeah, she won't let him in the room. She doesn't want him to see her. Every time he comes in to try and talk to her, she like hides and like gets under pillows. And then finally, oh God, Eliza, read the fucking room though. God damn Eliza. (laughs) Like, Oh She's my like, God. oh, wow, you're a monster. Oh, you're mm-hmm. like worse than Cyclops, and, she's saying to her but face. During all of this kind of stuff, though, like Piers is still being a righteous dick, right? At one point, he's like, he said, but we're going to get there because yeah. he says, of course, she's fine. She looks like a lobster and she's twice as irritable. Like he's saying all sorts of shit about her, right? At one point, though, she says in her like she thinks to herself, all the kindness was mortifying, worse than the moment when the whole ballroom gave her the cut direct. Honestly, she preferred Pierce's irritability. Yeah, but he knows that. Yes. Because he knows she, her. He doesn't want, she doesn't want the pity. And he she tells Eliza, that. she tells Eliza, I'm not marrying him. I'm not going to marry anyone out of pity. I'm not marrying anyone who pities me. And so mm-hmm. he, the one thing he doesn't really understand is like just how deep this goes for her. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that she doesn't want pity. He knows all of that, but he doesn't realize that she doesn't think she's good enough for him anymore. Unless she's beautiful. That she's beautiful at all. Beautiful. Yeah. And his dad finally like gets it through his head that like you need to show her that it hasn't changed for you at all. And then in this conversation, Piers and his dad have like they're coming back together. Yeah. Just at one point he's like at a loss of what to say to his dad. And then he thinks, what would Lynette do? And he just holds his arms out and his dad comes into him and like they hug and it's so, so, so wonderful. Yeah. And like they're while they're hugging, he says, she's like my other half, my other bloody half, like some sort of joke that Plato made up, like nothing I ever wanted. And then there she was. Yep. Oh, Eloisa. Eloisa. Fucking dare you. Yeah. So he gets Sebastian to pick her up in all of her mm-hmm. bedclothes at the ass crack of dawn and carry her Wait. down to the pool. It is beyond that, it's though. It's the best. Because Sebastian's he's, so funny. Because they go in. She ducks underneath the... And initially, Sebastian's like, I can't that. go into her bedroom. No and then he's like, Piers is like, we have to. Come on, let's no, do it. And Piers is and, like, I'll be with you. And he's like, still... Yeah. Yeah, well, so Sebastian basically she she goes under the blankets and they're both like, okay, well, perfect. And so Sebastian picks her up, like inside of these blankets. This was, oh my god, this was so funny and hor- mm-hmm. horrible at the same time. But also, like, Piers knows her, and so she's in this blanket, and Sebastian's like, are you sure she's still breathing? Piers prodded at Sebastian's <laughs> cargo, provoking a new struggle. Furious sounds were coming from the bundle. <laughs> It appears so. (laughs) And then like they're just talking about this bundle. And then finally they get there and he's like, just leave her on the flat rock over there and now go away. Don't come back. She's going to be walking back up there under her own will. Yep. And so Sebastian goes back and leaves. And then he's He's like, like, he's gone. You can come out now. And then she she describes her like bursting from the like Uh a desperate struggle and then bursting from the blankets like a like angry bird or something and then she's yelling at him like a banshee Mm -hmm. she's like how dare you what are you doing oh my god 
And then she gets up and she's like, I will not swim and I'm not interested in anything more intimate. In, uh, in fact, she seemed to be shuddering a little at the very thought. Uh-huh. That was annoying. In wordless reply, reply, Piers reached out and gave her a shove between her sh- shoulder blades. She hit the water with a shriek. <laughs> then he's like, you better start moving or you're going to get real cold. You better start cold. swimming around. Well, then he jumps in yeah. and he pulls her close to him. Yeah. And he hadn't, oh God, he hadn't held her close for oh. days. And it was so, so his heart clenched like the beginning of a cardiac attack. Oh, And so they're swimming and they go back and forth, but she's weak. And so he helps her out of the pool and he keeps swimming and she can't go anywhere because she's naked. Right. And And so she sort of lays out like she used to. But she's like wrapped up in the blanket initially, like a little like she mummified herself and then like she slowly starts relaxing and eventually she's just like lounging in the sun and he gets out of the pool like the dick he is and splashes her with his hair and and she's like squawking oh this was so he hoisted himself out of the pool and walked over to her shaking his head so that cold drops flew all over her and made her squawk with annoyance and just like that he got his erection back yep they love to torment each other and she's like, what are you doing? How can you be attracted to me like this? And he's like, like what? Like, you're still you. And she's like, I'm hideous. And he's like, no, your skin looks different. But like, it's scabbing off. You're still healing. Uh-huh. The fuck is wrong with <laughs> he you? He says, unlike you, I fell in love with more than your beauty. Your sharp tongue, for example. I adore that. I don't love you for your looks. If I were that way inclined, I'd choose Sebastian. Uh Well, if I were that way inclined, I'd choose Nurse Matilda. Yeah. And she's like, what? And she's like, like, creamy skin. Oh, well, he's like, these days she's looking better than you are. (laughs) And then she snorts and he says, dear me, what an annoying habit snorting. I hope that darling Matilda doesn't develop the habit before I ask for her hand. Oh, wait, I think I already have a fiance. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't read all the highlights from this scene. You take over, Melody, because otherwise no, I mean, it's just going to be me reading this chapter. But basically, I, I think we do because some of the phrasing is so, so beautiful the way it's actually written. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's like... I did not fall in love with you because you like you didn't have red or pink skin. And like he starts rubbing a little bit um, on her skin and he's like, oh, yeah, you're 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 at the stage where you're going to slough off a bit because mm-hmm. she's been the in the salt, salt water, water helps, and then she was the in the sun. sun. And so he rubs with the towel like really, really gently and like a top layer of dead skin comes off and she and looks a little pink bit underneath. pink underneath, but not like scary or whatever. And she's like, oh, my God, is that what I'm going to be like all over? And he's like, probably. Yeah. And she's like, I thought I was never going to look like that again. Like, I thought I was never I was always going to look this way. And he's like, well, if I knew that you were scared about something so stupid, I would have figured it out earlier and told you. (laughs) But like, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. talk to me. And he says, you you shut me out. You wouldn't talk to me. You lost faith in me. Oh, God, you, you said lost you loved faith. me enough to play the fool. But when it came to it, you hadn't the courage for the slightest bit of humiliation. Oh, and she's like, but I do love you, but I can't be a duchess looking like this. I don't want anyone to marry me out of pity. And I can't marry you if I'm a horrible beast. 
is that the word you're looking for? That mm. He says that to her. And she's yeah. like, oh, my God, stop. And then she's like, I thought you'd be horrified. And, like, I couldn't do that to you. I don't want to give you an ugly wife. I don't want you to marry me out of pity. And he's like, pity? I'm not known for pity. No, I'm not. But, like, I... I having the faintest hesitation about giving you a beast for a husband. And she says, that's she's not like, true. Mm-hmm. You told me that you were not going to marry me. You threw me out. Mm-hmm. You said that I was beautiful and eager, but that you'd rut other women. So I should just forget you. The ugly words hung in the air between them. You're right. That was a contemptible thing to say. Oh. Like he does like take, like he accepts, like he's like, you're right. I was, yeah, horrible i was the biggest asshole and he says as soon as you left that window i knew i had made a mistake and i would have gone after you but i couldn't leave my patience i like i was gonna come Mm -hmm. after you at some point oh and then she's like you broke my heart when you threw this was he's such a curmudgeon she's like you broke my heart when you threw me out that made me miserable but when i fell ill in the chicken coop i realized that you loved me there was a pause The curlew was singing again, a bit farther off. I said that you love me, she repeated. (laughs) I do, he said almost irritably. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, like, he just, he gets her so well. Like, he knows that she doesn't want to be coddled, though. Yes. And that's clear. Like, they're perfect for each other. And he's like... Well, so, like, what did you think, like, so you didn't want to marry me because, like, now that you're circus material, you'll just throw me over? And what was supposed to come for there? You just, like, have dinner in your room for the rest of your life? And she's like, I kind of thought I'd hide. Yeah, I was going to hide forever. And he says, you weren't supposed to want to hide from me, Lynette. You broke my damn heart by nearly dying, and then you broke it again when you threw me out of your room. Yeah. Uh, And then they start... A little bit of kissy kiss. And he's like, <laughs> he says, are you going to kiss me and make it all better? And she says, shut up. And then kisses him. And he says, I suppose now you're trying to seduce me the old fashioned way, having lost your looks. <laughs> and then she, oh, says, she says something about how she could only love a man who could carry her across the threshold and never got mad, <laughs> never yelled. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, actually, I did carry you from one room to another. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh-huh. and she, and it's so perfect. And then at one point they're like kissing after the fact. Oh, wait, they no, do not it on yet. that rock, guys. That's No, what she not means. yet. So he says, oh. you're not a lobster. Oh, so she says, do you mind marrying a peeling lobster? Because <laughs> they've talked about marrying now. And he's like, you're not a lobster. Where the new skin shows, you're more like a strawberry. A ripe, <laughs> delicious strawberry. And she says, Barry's my middle name. And he says, my Barry. And then he says, if I... <laughs> If I don't mind making love to you while you molt, would you mind making love to a man whose temper gets the best of him sometimes? <laughs> and then they do the do. It's off page, but that's okay. Because we just had yeah. the most like my. I just. They fucked my heart. Right. I like I've watched them fuck each other's hearts. I don't need I with their beautiful, that. beautiful words. You weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> They fucked each other's hearts with their word word boners. We don't need to see anything more than that. Yeah, it's okay. It's already and been very afterwards. And after that, 
she's like, is my face scarred? And he's like, tell me the truth. And he says, not at all. You're no Queen Elizabeth. In fact, though I hate to tell you this, a little rice powder and the ducklings will be slappering all over you again. (laughs) And then he says, well, you're very lovable and not because you're beautiful either. And not even because you're a delectable pink that I've never seen on a woman before. (laughs) And then he says, I can't. I can't make love on this rock again. I hate to sound conventional, but my knees are scraped. Can we go home? I have a wonderfully soft bed. Uh-huh. It's in the master bedchamber, which you have not yet seen, but which you might as well lay claim you to. You should lay claim to it. And she says, and when, home. And when they arrived, Lynette beamed at everyone from Prufruk to the Duke. No one really noticed that her skin was strawberry pink because the joy on her face and in her eyes was dazzling. And then the epilogue. Did I just quote the last like four pages of the book to you? And we yes. loved it. Yes, I did, listener. And we loved it. You... <laughs> this book was so fun. This book was so good. And like the epilogue is them with their kids later on. It's so good. Like it's, ah, this book is so good. I love this book so, so much. Yeah. And I usually find children epilogues unnecessary. Uh-huh. This one was not. This was a no. very good epilogue because, like, you see how they've both grown. He's not a laudanum addict, but he also ho- and he also holds his temper better now. Mm-hmm. And she is like his, their, confident their son and is a son. little mini him. Their daughter is oh, a little God. mini her. The son can't it's figure just... out why if they already love us two so much, why are you having another why do you one? Have a third, yeah, yeah, like. It, this was a really good child epilogue. And it like, was. And one of my favorite of things. of this book is go fucking read the book, okay? Yeah. One of my favorite things about the epilogue, because I just heard, like, I've I've literally said something like this to my kids in a, a few different iterations. But he's like, why are you having a third one? And they talk about how, you know, they're going to love this baby, too. And then she says, that's what this family's really good at. We're really good at loving each other. And the kid's like, loving that doesn't make any logical sense. <laughs> that was illogical to John's mind. I did highlight that. Yeah. This was illogical to John's mind. Dissecting people was what his papa did best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then he guessed the four of them could probably spare a little love for a baby. As long as it wasn't another girl. <laughs> End book. <laughs> All right, Sabrina, what's your lady love? My lady love is getting really into something that is not currently a hot commodity, which means short hold times at the library. Hey, oh, my lady love is short hold times at the library. I love that. Yes. Yeah. This whole series is available right now, but I did, in fact, um, take out the next three books like a crazed little gremlin no that's great you know what you could wait 72 72 weeks for fourth wing or you could check out something like this (laughs) Uh yeah Mm -hmm. oh and that's the thing is like that's one of the really nice things about getting into something that has been like you're late to the party right like people have been talking about eloisa james for fucking years being late to the party have i told you? i do too because i I can just devour everything i don't have to fucking wait i'm like oh my god this series finished four years ago put it in my face hole yes absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. i have two lady loves again so sorry everyone god this breaking the the law breaking the law i know right this book reminded me um of something that we're sort of working on in 
our house um, because one of my wonderful children sort of has the, um, you know, every once in a while, he's just like, sometimes he's just a glass half empty kind of person, you know? And it's something that I see like from my childhood and I, I can recognize it from like, you know, stuff my dad would say. And, you know, like I, I think I know where it's coming from and it's something Mm -hmm. I've had to really, really fight hard against. And so reading this and having Sebastian and Lynette and a bunch of other people be like, you're choosing, you're choosing to be miserable. Mm, yeah. You know, like sometimes it really is just a choice you can make in that moment. And I've been reminding myself a lot of times because I have to remind Ember, but like, you know, even if it's just the most trivial, it, when it is the most trivial thing, that's the best time to practice. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, I can't go to swim class today because it was canceled. And you can be really, really sad about that. Or you can say, but that gives me a chance to do this other thing I have wanted to do for a really long time. You know, like making those small choices in the moment is something I have to do and I have to reinforce all the time. And this book was just a really good reminder of that. That like sometimes it really is just something you can reframe in the moment and, and it, it will be better. You can choose joy mm-hmm. instead of choosing misery. <laughs> well, that's a reminder that I can use right? on the regular. Yeah. No, really. I'm really. I'm really good at like a little thing, just like derailing yes. something. Like, yeah, that takes, it's so oh, God, easy that to that do. Takes so like if you don't start, I'm glad that you're doing that with the kids now. Because, like, if you don't start when you're younger, it's so much harder to learn it as it's an adult. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. That and, like, you know, one of the things that I figured out too, not too late, but later than I would have liked in therapy is just, like, your self-talk has so has so much impact on your overall outlook, on your every day, on your every choice. And... It was revolutionary when I realized that not everybody constantly talks terribly to themselves in their brains, you know, because that was what was modeled for me. That's Mm -hmm. what I grew up with. That's what I thought was normal. That's, you know, and so trying to do that out loud for my kids is a really good reminder for me, too, because every once in a while I'll get back into those things where I'm like, I'm just dumb and I just, I can't believe I did that. And I, you know, like I just, all of this stuff just happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, it's so hard, but it's really good and important. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then my other, other lady love is finding out about the foundational single crochet stitch. Ooh. I've never, so I'm, I'm still, I've been crocheting for years, but I'm not, I'm like a, I'm like the tiptoeiest hobbyist, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'm going to watch a YouTube video to learn one stitch and I'll make that stitch into a blanket. <laughs> like maybe I'll do another stitch I know, but that's it. Right. And so I always thought you had to start with a chain and that one end of your project was just going to be 
not elastic at all. And that was just how life was. And then I found the foundational single crochet stitch so that both ends of your blanket can be you can squishy. Do them as ha- you can do them as half double crochet and double crochets as well. Oh, shut your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Really? I'll show you sometimes. They're also on YouTube. I'm, I mean, yeah. That's the only way I learned how to crochet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just YouTube one of, these da- one of these days, you and I are going to have the greatest HB retreat. <gasps> Oh, my God. And we're just going to fucking crochet and knit. There's going to be crocheting. There's going to be knitting. There's going to be quiet reading times. There's also going to be like the. Oh, my God. Like there's the cur- got to be quiet reading. Oh, there's yeah. There's going to be a whole fucking room that yes, is just that is only is quiet, quiet room. But there will also be a full night where you may or may not imbibe. But there will be Korean style karaoke in one room. Yes. Like where you just do karaoke with your friends. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's going to be incredible. <laughs> so yes. we can Celine Dion our hearts out. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. We got a lot of plans for an HB retreat. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And like, to be clear, like, I think that you and I should definitely have co host things where we like sometimes like have like, a weekend where it's us. Oh, hell yeah. Thinking, but like, we also have big plans for like, for like, listener HB. Yeah. Retreats. Okay. (laughs) So let's just tease that before we've really gotten into it. So if y'all have ideas, feel free to like. Yeah. Let a bitch know. Salt daddy that all up in our uh, heaving bosoms at uh, heaving bosoms podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. Wait. What? I have one more lady love. Tell me everything. Finding out that Suzanne Brockman is a fucking LGBTQ activist? Yes. Thank you, listener who emailed us. God has bless you. I haven't had a chance to watch the video that you sent us yet. But, I mean, I will have watched it, and we should put it in show notes. No, absolutely. I was going to read the email at the start of the episode, and then I forgot. We also forgot to do Patreon shoutouts. It's fine. We'll see y'all next time. See y'all next time. Yeah. Well, yeah. to be clear, we weren't sure. That, I mean, I was ending the podcast at the beginning of this episode. So, like. That's, you know what? We've actually <laughs> gone a step ahead. You know, we took two steps back mm-hmm. at the beginning. And now uh-huh. we're one step forward. Yeah. It's good. So we'll read that email and um, Patreon shout outs next episode. Next episode. Because now we're there's going to be a next episode. Yeah. So. Keeping a badass. And love yourself as much as you love. There's too many. Fuck. Are there? I can't think of a single one. I'm like, uh, beautiful words. Pushing your lover and the love of your life into cold water. <laughs> um, Witty, angry banter. Love yourself as much as you love being on the brink and pulled back from the edge. (laughs) Bye! Bye! (laughs) Heaving Bosoms is produced by us, Melody Carlisle and Sabrina Bradley. Editing is done by Melody Carlisle. Our theme music is by the incredible singer-songwriter Brittany Fonts, and our art is by ultra-talented author Kate Pryor. If you like our show, remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app, 
rate us five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, tell all your friends about us, even if they don't read romance. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. If you want more of us, visit patreon.com slash heavingbosomspodcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms, on TikTok at Heaving underscore Bosoms, and in our Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. Head over to our website to sign up for our newsletter, get our Reading Embrace printable, and check out my audiobooks at heavingbosoms.com. All right, we'll be back next week with more Swoons and Snark. See you then.